Hello, and welcome to the Sunday Sermon Cast from Bethel Evangelical Free Church on Washington Island, Wisconsin. I'm Rick Smith, and I've been here at Bethel since 2016, enjoying this great church on this spectacular place off the northern tip of Door County, Wisconsin. This message comes from our Sunday morning service here on the island, and it's geared towards discovering what the Bible has to say to us in our everyday lives. So, God's blessing on you, and thanks for joining with us wherever you are today. Well, about a year and a half ago, I... Uh, lost my dad. He uh, facing cancer. Finally uh, died in November of 2016. And so every now and then uh, I, uh, I reflect some on him and uh, the impact he he made on our lives. He was uh, uh, well quite a character. <laughs> he had a number of experience in his life, and one of the things that was important to him was language. He was an attorney by trade, did that for a bunch of years, was in Chicago, was a trial lawyer, and then moved to Arizona and, and continued to work in law there. And, and so words were kind of his thing. Uh, previous to that, though, he, he majored in English in college, and he, when he served in the Army, he was a Russian interpret, interpreter in the 60s, said in Germany, listening to, well, uh, radio traffic from, from the USSR. And and so words were something that were important to him. And with that came, well, an insistence on grammar in our life. And uh, sometimes annoyingly so. You know how kids will speak sometimes. So they'll say things, hey, can I go there? And he says, well, I don't know. Can you? And, and over time we realized that what he was saying was that can is a question of ability. And so if you can, that, well, I don't know, you have two feet, you probably can walk over that way. That, but to go and have permission, we needed to ask something else. May I do that was the correct question to get permission to do that. Well, some of, the, some of that extended down to us. My, my wife loves it because she, well, she'll say, hey, Rick, can you reach that pot up there? And I'll say, yes, I can. <laughs> And I won't move a muscle. <laughs> so, just do it. <laughs> She's given up on May and Will. She's just gone to get, just get going to it. But the, the proper way to ask is, will you do that? And so I've, of course, have given that gift to my children. And so when someone asks them to do stuff, can you do that? So, yes, I have the ability to do that. Would you like me to? <laughs> yes, please, will you? Well, why all this talk about grammar as we continue to talk about who Jesus is and encountering Jesus in our life? Well, on some, as we, we continue this conversation about, and we've been, this summer we've been asking, well, if Jesus is the answer, what's the question? And, and who's asking? And as part of that, we've been looking at different encounters that Jesus has with people and, and how he is the answer for what's going on in their lives. But what we note in, in them is that they oftentimes have entirely different things that they're wanting from Jesus. That the questions they ask depends upon the circumstances that they're going through to be able to come to him. And as Luke gives some of this description in his gospel, as well as Matthew and Mark and John, we've been looking through several of them over the, the course of this summer, uh, we're seeing that Jesus, well, he can. But very often that's the first question. Can you help me with my problem? It is a question of ability. Are you able to do this? As we look at the story of the centurion and, and, and the little boy today, 
we are looking at and, and seeing, can he do this? If you have your Bibles, if you'd open up to Luke chapter 7, we'll be looking at verses 1 to 17 today. Uh, this coming after uh, some of Jesus' teaching about what it means to, to know God and live life for him. And so chapter 7 begins this way. When Jesus had finished saying all this to the people who were listening, he entered Capernaum. There, a centurion's servant, whom his master valued highly, was sick and about to die. The centurion heard of Jesus and sent some elders of the Jews to him, asking him to come and heal the servant. When they came to Jesus, they pleaded earnestly with him. This man deserves to have you do, do this, because he loves our nation and has built our synagogue. So Jesus went down with them. He was not far from the house when the centurion sent friends to say to him, Lord, don't trouble yourself, for I do not deserve to have you come under my roof. That is why I did not even consider myself worthy to come to you. But say the word, and my servant will be healed. For I myself am a man under authority, with soldiers under me. I tell this one, go, and he goes, and that one, come, and he comes. I say to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed at him. And turning to the crowd following him, he said, I tell you, I have not found such great faith even in Israel. Then the man who had been sent returned to the house and found the servant well. Soon afterward, Jesus went to a town called Nain, and his disciples and a large crowd went along with him. As he approached the town gate, a dead person was being carried out, the only son of his mother. And she was a widow, and a large crowd from the town was with her. When the Lord saw her, his heart went out to her, and he said, Don't cry. Then he went up and touched, touched the bier that were carrying him on, and the bearer stood still. He said, Young man, I say to you, get up. The dead man sat up and began to talk, and Jesus gave him back to his mother. They are all filled with awe and praised God. A great prophet has appeared among us, they said. God has come to help his people. This news about Jesus spread throughout Judea and the surrounding country. Right, so we have two stories that deal with our questions. Can I trust Jesus? Can I come to him with the things that are going on in my life? And as Luke lays this out, he's indicating the answer is yes. He's been showing this again and again, but here's, here's a couple of stories. He said, Take, remember these stories, or, or know these stories. This is what Jesus has done. There was a centurion, and I would have raised questions or at least gotten the attention of them, because a centurion, well, that would not be a Jewish guy. It would be a Roman guy. He somehow affiliated with the, the army of the Romans who was overseeing Israel at that time, people they really didn't like because they didn't have control over their own affairs. But, but nevertheless, this centurion, he sends, well, some of the Jewish elders, which raises some questions. Why? What's the connection they have? And they immediately explain. They say, you got to help this guy. This guy, okay, with, there's all kinds of centurions and soldiers around here. This guy he has been so good to us. He loves us. He cares for us. He's even given us money to help us build our synagogue. 
a synagogue would be a building, a place for the people to gather. Uh, the temple would have been in Jerusalem. That would be the big place where, where worship of God happened. But in each of the little towns, you couldn't go to the temple all the time. There's gathering places that they would, they would go to on the Sabbath to, to remember the Lord and be taught about what the Scriptures say. And so this local town, they had a synagogue because of this guy. Now, you've got to help this guy. And, and as Jesus hears this story and this testimony, he's like, you've got to go. And he's like, okay. And Jesus gets up and, and starts walking. And they start heading off to this guy's house. They're going to a foreigner's house. And then along the way, another delegation comes. They're approaching the house, and the centurion's like, all right, I don't deserve to have you come. But here's what I know. And he talks about authority. As a soldier, he would have understood authority greatly. Many of you have served in the armed forces at some place and, and, and recognize the things that happen. As we were at the cemetery for Harvey yesterday, was visiting with a, a couple of the, the army people that were there from uh, Fort Leonard Ward. And, and just uh, the one gal, as she talks about the career that she's had and the things that she's learned and, and the discipline that she's received. And, and uh, you learn who's who and how things happen. And when one of your superiors says to do something... You do it. And the centurion say, I know all about this. I, I say something, my guy's got to do it. And I recognize in you that kind of authority. So I don't need you to come and be in my house. I don't deserve to you have you. Whatever he's heard about Jesus, undoubtedly he's heard about the healings he's done and, and the teachings he's had. He, he somehow understands this guy might be able to help my servant who's about to die. But he doesn't even need to have to be there. He just needs to say the word. And he's going to be healed. Well, we don't, we don't get this description a lot of, with Jesus in the, in the Gospels. But we do hear Jesus was amazed. As he heard the description of what the centurion had told his friends to come tell him, he's like, What? I've been going all up and down this country. There's no one I met with this kind of faith who understands who I am and what this power is all about. This is amazing. And so he sends them back to their house, and as they return, there's a servant. The servant who was about to die, he's living. And he's doing okay. So the question was, can Jesus help? Can we trust Jesus with these kind of things? Well, story one says, yes. You can absolutely trust him. And, and there's a picture of what this is all about. It's about having faith and putting your faith in him. But then Luke tells us another story. Soon afterward, he's, he's coming along and he's in this, coming through this town and, and there's, a, there's a funeral parade that's going through and, and uh, we don't necessarily see those much with people carrying a body through on a parade. Uh, we more would put them in a hearse or some kind of thing and bring them to the cemetery. But there is a parade and, and, and they're carrying this body and... and and Jesus sees a mother, and we learn some things about this mother. 
that not only had she lost her only son, she had also been a widow already. Which, there's some important cultural cues in there that indicate the, the kind of stress that she was going to be facing. Because within their community and their culture, it was a male-oriented culture, and, and it's the, the males who, who would do the work to bring in the resources for life to be lived. The, the woman would take care of the home and the things that happened, and certainly she would help out with whatever businesses would have been there. But for this woman, the opportunities to care for her were looking grim. If you'd lost your husband, you can depend upon your son at least to help you, especially as in your aging years. What was going to happen to this woman next? On top of that, there's this second loss in her life. Her husband and now her son. We Context suggests that he was not a boy so much as a young man, but still with life and future and all that ahead of him. And we see from Jesus an immediate response to this woman. His heart is filled with compassion for her. And, and he comes to say, don't cry. Which, which on some level, taken by itself, you'd be like, thanks Jesus, really needed that. <laughs> I feel like crying. And so she should, right? Because she's lost this child of hers. And, and, and on top of her situation, this is a time to cry. It's a time for mourning. And so why can you tell me that, Jesus? Because he's going to do something about it, isn't he? And he's going to reach out and touch, which is going to put him at jeopardy a little bit in terms of what the law says. You're not supposed to touch a, a dead body or the things they're touching. Obviously, the people having to go to the, to the cemetery or to the tomb to bury him, uh, they're, they're going to have to do this, but it makes them ceremonially unclean. They've got to go some, th- through some things. Jesus steps right into that and touches and then says, young man, get up. And he did. And the people are amazed. I mean, this young man was dead. He was dead, dead. And now he's alive. And the people, they begin to exclaim, this, this, there's, there's a great prophet among us. For many of them, the context, they would have learned in their synagogues, you know, in their growing up years, they would have heard the stories from from the, the Hebrew Bible about the things that God did through many of the prophets. Guys like Elijah and Elisha, how, how they brought children back to life and, and how they were able to provide and take care of people. Uh, the story of, of Elijah helping this woman who has no husband and no means, but she has some oil. And he says, get as many containers as you can and, and begin to fill other containers with your container of oil. And and she does, and the oil just keeps coming until she runs out of containers. That's what Elijah does for this woman. So the people are like, wait a minute, we've heard about this. But now we're seeing it right in front of us. Can we trust this Jesus? Yes, 
we can trust him because he has authority, as the centurion points out to us. He has power as both the healing of the servant as well as the raising to death of this young man. And he has compassion and cares about the things that are going on in one's life. This is one we can trust, which is fantastic. It's good to know that we can trust him. Grandpa Nybekin, it's a good Norwegian name, loved life. Especially when he could play a trick on somebody. At those times, his large Norwegian frame would shake with laughter while he feigned innocence and surprise, exclaiming, Oh, forevermore. But on a cold Saturday in downtown Chicago, God played a trick on him. Grandpa Nybekin worked as a carpenter. On this particular day, he volunteered to build some crates to hold the clothes his church was sending to an orphanage in China. When he finished building the crates, he helped pack them full of clothing and load them on the trucks that would take them to the shipping docks. He felt good that he could contribute to the project, even in a small way. On his way home, he reached into his shirt pockets to find his glasses. They were gone. So he mentally replays all his earlier actions and realized what must have happened. That as he was packing some of the boxes, his glasses would have slipped out and into one of the crates. His brand new glasses were heading for China. Well, the old carpenter had little money and certainly not enough to replace his glasses at that time. And he was upset at, at having to to do that and, and get the resources to do it. It's not fair, God. How can I, I've been faithful in giving my time and my work to you, and now this has happened? How can you do this to me? Well, several months later, the director of the Chinese orphanage came to speak at the old carpenter's small church. He began by thanking them for their faithfulness in, in supporting the orphanage. And then he says, but most of all, I must thank you for the glasses that you sent last year. You, you see, the communists had just swept through the orphanage and destroying everything, including my glasses. I, I was desperate. I, even if I had the money, there was nowhere to even get the glasses to replace them. Oh, my co-workers and I were much in prayer about the situation. And then your boxes arrived. When my staff removed one of the covers, they found a a pair of glasses lying on top. The missionary paused here long enough to let his words sink in. And then still amazed with wonder of it all, he continued, Folks, when I tried on those glasses, it's like they had been custom made for me. I want to thank you for your thoughtfulness and generosity. Well, the congregation listened and they were pleased about the miraculous glasses, but he must have us mixed up with some other congregation because there was no glasses on our list. We didn't send any glasses to him. But sit, sitting quietly in the back with tears streaming down his face was an ordinary carpenter who on an ordinary day was used in an extraordinary way by the master carpenter himself. Sometimes 
We look at our life and the things that are going on, and we wonder, and we come to this question, can I trust you? How could this happen? How would you do this to me? Why? And yet, over time, the carpenter sees a provision that happened miraculously. By mistake. This story, originally called The Perfect Mistake, um, from Cheryl Waterman Stewart, was uh, in Chicken Soup for the Christian Family Soul. And speaks right to the heart of this. Because let's go back to grammar again. Luke gives us a picture here that helps answer the question, can we trust this Jesus? And the answer is, yes. Here are some things that indicate you can trust him. Well, can is about ability. What about intention? Can we? And will we? In your, in your life. In whatever is going on in the circumstances that are facing you. Will you trust him? These next things that are happening, uh, the difficult relationships that are going on, the illnesses that are being faced, will you trust him? A friend of mine, Mike, uh, best friend from high school, uh, after he and his wife had their second child, his wife got horribly sick and could hardly get out of bed. It was looking very grim and And as they were praying through their difficulties, God said, you need to get her off of those those medications she's taking. Which was weird, because they thought they were helping her. But they did. And and, and telling this story, I'm not saying this is something you should do, but this is an extraordinary message they got to do this. and, and And so they did. And... The medical profession was saying, you should have no more children. This is not anything that Jewish guys should be continuing to do. She's not healthy enough. She's a small, slight gal, Cheryl. But God said, go ahead. Well, they now have eight children. Ranging from the ages of 29 to 3, I can't wrap my, I mean, he, they're the exact same age as me. So 54 years old and having a three-year-old. I see some of these three-year-olds wolves walking around. He's like, whoa, it's good to be a grandparent. <laughs> but my friend is a father and a grandfather. But he told me after the eighth, she was healthier than she's ever been. And so they, they listened to this message and trusted it. I have another friend, Scott, who my roommate in college, and, and his wife also got very sick. But she died. And he had to raise three daughters and a son without a wife, which is a different story than Mike's. Mike's is a happy story. Yay, God! And that's good. But not every story is Mike's story. Sometimes it's a different story. 
But Scott would say as well that not only did he have to know that he can trust God, but to trust him through the difficult years of raising teenage girls. It's hard enough with two. And to walk through that, trusting God as well. We can trust God, but will we? Sometimes it's not just having the evidence, but taking the step and walking through, trusting in him. Let's stand for closing prayer. Father, as we gather this morning, we, uh, we thank you for, for these stories, these uh, examples of how we can trust you. Help us to actually do so. To follow through on, in what we can know to what we will do. To walk faithfully with you. Lord, again, as we remember the, the prayer quest and the concerns that we have and brought up for families that are going through hard and difficult times and, and others looking at needing lots of financial help and others that are just recovering from illness or losses. Lord, we all have these other things in our lives we're, we're wondering what to do with. Help us. Spirit of God, move in us and with us to move past knowing we can to beginning to actually do so. We bring ourselves before you. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. God bless you this day. Well, thanks again for listening, and to learn more about how you can connect with Bethel Community Church, check out our website at islandbethelchurch.com, or join us for a service, Saturday night at 6 or Sunday morning at 1045. Hope to see you soon. God bless you.